0: You're listening to Main Character Energy, a podcast that'll teach you how to become that bitch. Main Character Energy gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how some of the world's most impactful disruptors, innovators, and creatives came from the bottom and embodied what it means to make it in all forms. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome back to Main Character Energy. I'm your host, Tiff Knighton. At the time of this recording, Mercury's and microbraids again. Everyone's blue checks have been stripped from them on Twitter. And allergies are kicking my ass, but I decided I'm gonna have a good ass week regardless. It's getting warmer, so I've switched my morning routines from lo fi beats and podcasts to city girls and main character mantras. What are main character mantras? Let's say them together. What's meant for me will always find me. I am ready and open to receive in abundance. I'm an ambitious girly, but that's okay. I deserve rest and relaxation too. Big bags are making their way to me at this very moment. I am on the right path, regardless of my doubts. And there you have it. We're starting off the day with some main character mantras. But for real, for real, I do love me some baddie music to start the day. Batty music is, like, my favorite genre. It's the bad bitch genre. Shout out to creator Savannah Hanna on TikTok who coined that phrase. Gotta credit these creators wherever you can. But honestly, when the city girl said, I don't work jobs, bitch, I am a job, that was a word. I felt that. And there's something about baddie music that reminds you you're that bitch when you really need it. It hits the soul. And so that's why I made a main character energy playlist to get your day started. So go check that out. I'll link it in the show notes. It's on Spotify and you'll see our logo on it. Okay, can I rant for a second? This is a safe space. I don't think there's anything worse to me than feeling like my time has been wasted. For me, it's the fact that I put a lot of time and effort into anything that is attached to my name and not seeing return or not getting any type of like reciprocity makes me feel some type of way sometimes, or it used to. I'm working on it, but I think it has to do with my Capricorn tendencies. A lot of the time, you know, I like to put an extra effort into anything that is attached to me, a project, you know, friends, family, whatever it may be. And I think that because I get so very loyal and very dedicated to things, when the plans change or when, you know, maybe people aren't completely in it 100% like I am, then I just feel like a lot of my energy gets depleted, right? So this has turned from me kind of having gripes with people that maybe I felt like wasted my time to kind of shifting into this mindset of like, I do have control over these things. There's things I don't have control over, but I do have control over setting certain boundaries about how much energy I'm exuding and where it's going. Because when you put too much of your time and energy into something and you feel like you've wasted time or you're not being reciprocated or validated, then you start to feel resentful. And it becomes kind of a vicious cycle. So part of it is knowing where I want to put my energy and how much, And another part is just kind of understanding cycles and things. I'm a big believer that, you know, if things don't work out and it's not meant to happen, that's okay, but there's something to be said for the behaviors of wanting to, you know, really make things work when clearly things aren't even going in that direction. And so this is also a PSA, slightly unrelated but related, I do love a canceled plan y'all like I love me a canceled plan and this is no offense to like anybody or anything that I've done lately this is just in general I am a cozy girl I am all about you know wanting to reclaim my time use my time as needed and I just say that because I think a lot of us get afraid to like communicate or share where we're at I've had some people who you know have asked me to reschedule because like something happened in their day that was like draining emotionally draining or whatever they weren't in the right headspace to like meet up for whatever we were doing and that's okay like again big believer about reserving yourself for the moments when you need it so if you need that for yourself I will never be mad I definitely think that of course there's etiquette about you know giving enough heads up about you know, what you need, but it's not always like that. Sometimes you need what you need right then in the moment. But anybody who is reclaiming their time, like I am this year, you might be on this same journey of just really taking the time to say, where does my energy need to go? What am I putting my energy forth to? And how am I relaxing and shutting it down in between? Because we need to muster all that good shit for all these goals that we have this year. If you've ever felt stuck in your life, creative process, career, any of that, this conversation is for you. My next guest, Khalil Dumas, is the CEO of Unstucked and host of the Unstucked podcast. If you've listened to previous episodes, you might be familiar with Khalil. He is committed to redefining generational wealth by healing financial and emotional trauma. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. Okay, so we're back and I have one of my favorite people here. I'm so excited to have Khalil Dumas on this podcast. Again, I know we just spoke to you guys live from the Aster, but now we're getting into more of Khalil's story. Khalil absolutely exudes main character energy. I honestly don't know how he does so many things with the limited hours that we have in a week.
1: I question Um, myself all the time.
0: (laughs) I really don't know. You, You inspire me, but I'm so glad that we get to work together in so many ways and that, you know, we have each other to be accountability buddies as well, because you definitely kick it into full grind mode. But you know, I can't knock the hustle. I can't just ignore like all the work that's gone into how you've gotten to where you are today. Khalil, being a Black entrepreneur, has started a side hustle with just $80 and has turned that into a quarter million dollar business in just under a year. And at the same time, running unstuck, you're also the senior advisor to one in one where you just launched an app. Congratulations. And Thank you're you. also the CPO of her first 100K with Tori Dunlap. Do you sleep? That's my first question.
1: <laughs> you know, that's so funny. Um, I, thank you so much. And I really appreciate it, Tiff. You're a rock star. Wouldn't have been able to do that without you. So I just wanted to, to start there. You know, I sleep, shockingly, seven that's to good. eight hours a night. You know, I think a couple things, and I, I know you know this, but, you know, first and foremost for this year, the word is balance. When you scale that fast, naturally something has to give and that's not sustainable. My long-term goal isn't to be in grind mode, you know, but I think when you first get started, it's something that you commit to. I remember sitting down with my wife when I made that first TikTok a year ago, because that's essentially how I started my business. I was like, look, I'm going to commit to this for the next couple of years. Like things are going to be a little wild for the first year. Like, are you ready? She's like, yeah, just make sure you sleep. So I would say to that too, making sure you have really great people like yourself, my wife around you to make sure that like you take care of yourself
0: the ride or die energy, because you know that, you know, on this podcast and in person, you know, me, I'm always talking about being like anti-hustle culture. And that's why we kind of got away from bad work environments. But in this case, it's a very different story because like you said, it's not the long game. You got to do what you got to do to get to that point where you're, you know, delegating more. We're always talking to each other about how to delegate more, how to make systems, how to keep organized. How do you find that balance? Like, are there like tools that you use, like besides utilizing people, how else yeah. do you do that? Or how do you even keep that mindset to make that commitment?
1: Yeah, a couple of things, you know, my Saturdays and my Sundays, for the most part, I don't do anything. I only think I may, maybe I'll entertain as a podcast because this is fun for me. Thank so you. step one is like, no, of course, you know, I got you. Um, <laughs> I think step one is creating those boundaries. So uh, a way that I do that is time blocking I always joke because like when you look at my calendar, it's really overwhelming. But when you start to get really detailed look, I have time for communications. I have time for focus. I have time for breaks. I have time for working out. I have time for scrolling on TikTok, even though I completely go outside of that time block. That is my one (laughs) thing that I've worked on. Yeah. So time blocking is huge. Rob from Robin Big actually... That's where I got the idea from. And he is really like, he's crazy about it. Like down to when he's asleep and the type of sleep he wants is in his calendar. It's crazy. And it's very automated. So I have an executive assistant who I had to hire. That was another thing is delegation. That's another way that I really try to stay focused. I try to stay uh, moving forward. But I would say, yeah, time blocking is is the big key. Uh, And something that if you've never done that before, that seems really overwhelming. Like just starting with Time blocking if you're looking to start a business or you're looking to pivot careers or really do anything, carve out 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes of your time just to get started. You know, I say that till I'm blue in the face. Absolutely. It's really all about just getting started.
0: It's all about getting started. That's the whole unstuck platform, just getting started and and making sure that you're kind of putting things in place so that it's sustainable as well. That's also, I know what you've been doing with the one-in-one app and you know, habit forming, talking a lot about the habit forming. That is not only important, I feel like for entrepreneurs and for anybody who has like projects that they're working on, that they're passionate about, but like you and I both know as creatives with ADHD specifically, people don't talk enough about how you can really feel pigeonholed and how you can really feel like you're not getting as much done or you're not being as productive as you want because you're like battling with your brain and just the brain chemistry. So Fighting through that, I know time blocking has helped me so much to the point that, like, I have focus blocks on mine too. I literally, people have seen my calendar and been like, Yeah, does that say wake up?
1: <laughs> like, it <does. laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, you have to. You, you have know to the struggle. <laughs> yeah, you have to account for those things. And I want to touch a little bit on the ADHD piece and habit forming, because that's also another area where that has really catapulted my success. Routines and habits are especially difficult for people with ADHD. Someone like my wife who doesn't have that, like her habits are impeccable. She goes to bed at 10. She eats at the same time. She, she just does things consistently. Whereas I have really great periods of consistency and really awful times of consistency. Yeah. And I would say a couple things. One, habit forming is difficult and routines are really hard for people with ADHD. The goal and what I've learned is breaking down your habits to really, really tiny things. For example, working out has been something that I have continually struggled with, even though I was a D one athlete. I was the the pinnacle of physical fitness and I took some years off, some years off. And trying to get back into it, it wasn't like I could just jump back into a D one workout. And that was so hard for me because I was like, I have this old habit, it's gone, it's not working. What I had to do is get really rudimentary with it. And this is what the one-in-one app really helps with is. I put a goal in the app to put my walking shoes on three times a week. That was my first step. Just at, to put
0: them on. Yeah,
1: just to put them on. Put your walking shoes on. And I'd even put what I was doing. I was just putting them on. And yeah. so I would go for a walk or now I have a trainer. I have like a full regimen that I'm in now and I'm just loving it. But that's where I had to start was like, put your walking shoes on, put your running shoes on. Some days, like I said, I would barely go for a 15, 20 minute walk. And other days I'd be super energized, being in the gym text a friend to go work out, right? Because I put that habit in my mind. I put that thought in my mind. And then I knew I had space and time for it. So then when someone would, I hear someone be like, oh, I'm going to go work out tomorrow. I'd be like, oh, me too. I want to come with you. You just create that space. And ethical technology has really helped us here to be able to remind us, like the app is really great. Because if you don't check in, it'll be like, hey, Chloe, like what's going on? Like, just tell me, like, do we need to adjust this goal? What's happening? There's no shame in it. So I just want to say habit forming is a really great way also to supercharge success.
0: I love that. It's like a little bit of accountability in your pocket, right? Because even though you can have friends that keep you accountable, I do like notifications or certain things like that. That's like just checking in, which is why my calendar is the way it is. But I like that the app does that. And I, you know, that I've been using the app too. And I'm like, the shame that you're right comes with being like, I didn't do what I was supposed to do this week. Like I'm trash. I'm not yeah. going to do it for a little bit. Like it really throws you off Lip. your game for Literally. a while. But there's, but there's, at least you can set things up like that. And I think that's so important. Yeah. So organization, being able to like form these habits, I kind of do the same thing. Like I like, that's so fascinating. Like the, just put your shoes on because That's kind of me when I fall off of like a workout regimen, I at least will say the walk, like just do the walk, the walk. Yeah. yeah, It could turn into something else, but just to kind of get back on moving, it's really difficult when you have ADHD, you can just really fall off and then be like so discouraged. And then time passes. Like we have a little bit of time blindness, right? So how does that kind of affect you too? Like, I know you have crazy lists, but like, how do you actually keep on top of it?
1: Yeah, I would say a couple of things and I want to just weave into the finish of that up. I think the next biggest part that really helps within that app piece, but also I just do this naturally as affirmations and to keep myself focused, right? And affirmations can stem from like, wow, I'm going to look so great this summer on the beach in Maui, right? Which is where I'm headed. That was a big goal okay. of mine. But really just to feel good, like just to yeah. like when you eat, when you wake up, when you have more energy, like I'm on the go, like I was hurting myself by not working out. So that was one thing. And if you repeat your question and I'll get to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying, like, keeping organized in other ways too, so that you actually stay accountable. Like, how do you do that when you have so many different goals going on, like, personal and professional and creative?
1: So this has been something newer that's gone on. But at the beginning of every quarter, or if we, you know, that terminology, right, from January to April, breaking your year up in a quarter and putting your top three goals for that quarter. Mm -hmm. Overarchingly for the year, putting your top three goals for the year, top maybe five if you're real crazy. Goals at the top of the year are really meant to just be in your back pocket. I have it written on a whiteboard right here that's next to me that I see subconsciously all the time.
0: Same thing with my quarterly
1: goals. I just, I constantly see them. And so I know that I'm aligned. So keeping organized is difficult, I think where I found a lot of power is actually being a little more fluid and having my top three things that I'm doing to stay focused so that as I move through the day, as I move through the weeks, as I move through the months, as things are coming my way, opportunities are coming my way, I ask the question, does this impact my goals? Is this going to get in the way of my goals? And sometimes it's not perfect. Sometimes I'm imperfect and I'm working 12 hours in a day. But after that 12 hour day, I either have a really great day or I'm like, wow, I did a lot. Like, don't think about it. Or I have a day where I'm like, I'm doing too much. Like, yeah. why am I doing this much? And on those days is when it's going back to those lists. So part of staying organized is having to find focus. Part of being organized is having people. Like I mentioned, I made the investment into an assistant, which has been amazing because I'm am not amazing an organized investment. person. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am. I am a she super gathers you up. person. Yeah. yeah, No, hundred percent. And she (laughs) like, like you do too. Like when it's so funny, like I work with Tiff with PR and I find myself like, Oh, I'm going to jump in and help. And Tiff's like, no, that's not what I'm
0: here for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Literally. Literally. It's a hard muscle to flex. Like, it's like, we're so used to doing everything, but like a big part of, in my opinion, having that main character energy or like really stepping into your truth or stepping into like whatever mode is like having that community piece and like being able to trust. So you're, I think you're doing the right thing, but it's a hard muscle to flex again. I'm the same way where I need to like have things a certain way. And so I'm really practicing being like, let me do that because then you can focus on your area of genius. You can think about those goals, right. And like really stay in tune with them. And so, you know, I want to talk about your platform some more, especially like, the goal setting and aligned action. Ooh, I love that you talk about aligned action. Tell me a little yeah. bit more about your mission and like your ultimate, every all these goals leading up to the fact that you are redefining generational wealth through financial wellness and defined action. Tell me more about what that really means to you.
1: Yeah, for me, whenever I think about it and get this question, I put myself right back on the couch in 2020 as I scrolled through TikTok for the first time and watched all these people jump on a platform and start helping people. Tori's a big inspiration of mine. Teachers a big inspiration of mine. But I put myself back there because I that wasn't a great feeling. I felt super stuck. I remember being like, man, I could start a business, but like, like why right now? Like this is the pandemic, which was hindsight, was the best time to be starting a business. So even down to the name is unstuck. KD with my initials. I owned that feeling. That was one of the feelings that I felt most consistently. And that was a tough thing to look at. Like I feel stuck a lot. Part of that is ADHD, the hyper focus of wanting one thing and focusing on it all the time. And so I wanted to start there. And what I started to realize as I accepted that was one of the big reasons people feel stuck is they're afraid to explore. And how could I fault them? When you get on social, when you get on really watch TV, you just see people's path at the end of it. You see the Jenners, you see the Kardashians, you see, you know, these entrepreneurs that have made million dollar businesses, you see the end results all the time. And it's really discouraging to someone who doesn't know even what the beginning of that looks like. A kid from Oakland being myself, like, I had great examples, you know, my parents were really great in this area. But it's something about doing it yourself that's daunting. And so that was the first thing that I realized and what I wanted to be a pillar of the platform was helping people to explore more. That's why I have a podcast. It's where we explore all the varieties of people in their different stages and steps so you can really get actionable steps in terms of where people started. I say this all the time. I started with a two-minute, not vertical, horizontal TikTok, and it was awful. But that was my exploration. You got to start, so, start somewhere.
0: You're getting curious. Yeah. I,
1: I did research. I started looking at people's content differently. That was me opening myself up to exploration, which is kind of the first step. And I will now bridge that into generational wealth. It's the same thing. When you think about wealth building, when you think about money all the time, we probably, our first thought is the person that we want to live like.
0: Yeah. It's
1: not the first step you have to take, which oftentimes is the least sexy. It's saving $25 for the first time. It's paying off a high interest credit card for the first time. It's maybe consuming a piece of content that talks about finances. So I started to notice these threads of commonality, which is like exploring at the infancy stages so that people have that first two steps. Cause once you start going, you're like, Oh, I can do this, you know, and where's Roblox along the way. But getting people started is my ultimate mission. It's my ultimate goal. I want to help millions of people just get started and get unstuck. And I've already heard it. I've had so many people just in this first year come to me and be like, I started my business because of this podcast. I paid off this piece of debt because of this podcast. I left a relationship because of this podcast. What a feeling. Right? And and, and that extends to TikTok too, where it's my biggest platform. Same thing. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, I have helped so far thousands of people who were the clothes on the couch during 2020. Get up and just get started.
0: And that's inspirational, especially because everybody is seeing all these businesses form, they're seeing all these projects form, but they're not being able to know exactly those steps to take, like you said, or have resources or community to do it, right? So I think even like how you treat yourself with kind of like aspirational, like quotes and like being able to give yourself like mantras and being able to like change your mindset is not only like the basis of it, but then actually having people come back and saying, okay, I took these steps now. That's that aligned action piece, right? Like having the game plan, like how would you describe that aligned action piece? Because I know it comes up a lot and I don't think a lot of people really understand what that might entail.
1: Yeah, I wanna weave in the mantra because I think it's really important. I hope someone takes my mantra because it's helped me a lot. My mantra is I focus on little things, little things add up to big things. And that was such an unlock for me. It was a Michael Jordan quote. Uh, I used to work for Nike and it used to be above the door when I'd walk in every day. And it was one of those things that really helps you break down your aligned action. So like I mentioned, if I have a goal to lose 25 pounds, the goal isn't to then to go do you know uh, an IFBB pro workout. The goal isn't to go run 10 miles. The goal should be what going to get me to take a line to action, me as the individual to take the line to action toward that 25 pounds. It might be, like I said, putting on your shoes and going on a 10 minute walk, make it really minimal, lower the barrier of entry. I am infamous for writing a ledger, which is what my old mentor used to call it It was like writing a ledger. When I would start a goal or something, I would have to have every step planned out, every big and little milestone planned out. When at the end of the day, all I had to do was get started for two minutes and that's it. And I think people are horrified of that because there's a little unknown there, right? I think that's a big piece. That's also the scariest part, but the most exhilarating part is not knowing. And I think that's something that really hinders people from taking that aligned action. So if you walk away with anything, it's write one goal down and break it into bite-sized pieces. I mean, like when you think about like those little tiny Snickers, those little bite-sized Snickers, (laughs) that's how little the goals have to be. They have to be Put your shoes on. Put your shoes on, exactly.
0: So the first steps, getting started, simple as putting your shoes on, what are some other small digestible ways to get started? Let's talk about specifically, there's so many people who want to get into content creation. Maybe they want to start their side hustle or get serious about their side hustle. I'll give one that I think might be a small example, but I feel like kind of like what we've done amongst our friends who have started businesses or got serious about consecration or speaking or whatever it might be, where it's like, you're just kind of like building community. Like maybe you're networking more. I, I feel like people are always like, Oh my God, networking, but truly in the smallest way of like switching up who you follow. I feel like that's like a really small thing that can be done. Like, Hey, align with more people that are Doing something that you want to do or interested in doing, not in like a social climbing way, but more so in a way where you're envisioning what your life could be like or who you'd want to surround yourself with more. What are your thoughts on that? Like what would you say?
1: Yeah. Cleaning up the feed is huge. I actually have two accounts. I have my Unstuck Podcast account, which is kind of my my oldest account. And then I created Khalil Dumas like from zero. And I remember the feeling of following Tori, you, Gabby, Hannah my wife and my friends that live here. And I remember how like it felt like a shower. <laughs> I felt like I like watched the best. all of this like influencer Instagram off of me. <laughs> I did the same thing on TikTok, And all of a sudden the that algorithm was like, the algorithm was like a baby. He didn't know what I wanted. So it was like, here's your friends and the things that are good. And I was like, how dare you? Like you kept all of this from me. So anyway, that is the great. That step. is so um,
0: accurate though. Like you're yeah, out. Al- yeah. like, really like what you're consuming it. You know, that's how the yeah. algorithm works. So if you're tired of seeing the same stuff, like literally start over or like start to detox. Yeah, big time.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And so that's a that's a great first step. This next piece is for my extroverts. And introverts, I'll get to you in a second. Make a list of three to 10 people. If three is too much, choose one person then. Who you really emulate and really think is doing great. And I would say three people. So you can choose three different people at three different stages. You can choose the master, you can choose the intermittent, and you can choose a beginner. Someone who's a little bit further than you, And go just interview them. Go talk to them. Tell them what you want to do. Ask them questions. How did you get started? And specifically for content creation, what are some tips? Ask them questions about, because I think a big thing is like, when do you record? And I've,
0: right. oh my
1: God, I, I've fluctuated so much on that. I used to have that days and now it's like energetic alignment now i have i have 500 videos so i have evergreen content so i have like a system now where i don't have to make new content all the time which is amazing right. and i want to and i want people to know that it's like that that dance step
0: because people so, think it's like every single day you might be recording yeah. it's not like that like that's that first step yeah. is figuring out how other people do it so you don't have to reinvent the wheel
1: now when i first started i was making three videos a day i did three videos a day for 30 days That was my challenge to myself. I don't recommend everyone do that. I would maybe say one video for a week. Um, I was a little crazy, but I was ready. I had so much pent up energy. I was ready to just like try it out. So on the content specifically, on the side hustle business front, this is where the conversation, I think gets a little more interesting because I recommend the same thing of interviewing business owners and people who have good side hustles. But I would say a piece of that is starting to just research. There are little things like starting your bank account that you have to do right? Taxes. There are just things that you have to get in line that are keeping you from the creative, the business side Mm -hmm. that you should definitely tackle. Because I realize we're talking to creatives here. Doing the business side of things isn't fun. And I know that. And to this day, like sending invoices, it it still sucks. So I would say (laughs) like, that's another conversation with those mentors and people that you look up to is like, what are your business systems? I think that's really, really important and something I wish I would have asked sooner. I kind of struggled through it and we're still getting better like i just implement, implemented like a payroll system i was doing it all manually which was taking hours out of my day which is another conversation but really at the end of the day i've been doing this for the last 10 years and it's been really helpful It's just picking a couple of people that i like and not being afraid to have a conversation and if they say no like move on to the next person don't yeah, be discouraged like there's there's so many people out there
0: so many people want to talk about what they've done like that's the yeah. thing that i think not many people realize mm-hmm. is like Especially like, for example, you're so proud of what you've built and yeah. there's things that you wish you knew or want to do, of course, but at the end yeah. of the day, you are so passionate about working with the next generation or talking to people who are were stuck, and but now they've moved past that and giving yeah. them these keys so that they don't have to like turn their brains as much to figure out how to do it. Like, why not try to pass off some guidance? Yeah. So especially yeah. with Black entrepreneurs, like giving them kind of like a foundation to start from.
1: Totally. And and on the note of Black entrepreneurship, which has been something that I've been super focused on because One in One is a Black-owned company. We work with a lot of Black entrepreneurs in and of itself. And I made a video about this the other day, but like Black entrepreneurship can feel really lonely. And I'm starting to learn that it, it, it doesn't have to be. I think... When you get into circles, most business circles, you're most likely going to be the only black person in there, depending on where you're at. But for the majority of folks who live on the West Coast uh, and even the East Coast, like that was kind of the hardest part at first was like when I walk in a room, like I'm represented for everyone. And then I started to like not focus so much on that because that was something that I would focus on so much. It's like, wow, there's this kind of subconscious pressure that I feel to be on my shit, to not make mistakes, to like represent. And then I started to build out my network with folks like yourself and start to like integrate them into my day, into my week. So I had constant contact, other Black entrepreneurs. This is the same thing that goes for women. Like get other women entrepreneurs in your circle, in your purview, so that you can feel as a collective, not only for accountability, but just to relate to each other's struggle. Because I think we all have different struggles And this isn't to say like, even if you're white, like you have the same struggles, but each of our struggles are different. And so I think it's important to be around like-minded folks uh, and to be around people that look like you. That is such an important thing as you go through entrepreneurship or even as you work to to start for the first time. Surround yourself with people that look like you because you'll be a little more receptive to their advice.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it doesn't have to be as massive as like joining some sort of like big group that already exists. Like you could do that, but you yeah. could literally like have a couple friends that you like maybe do like a call or lunch with like once a month. Like something yeah. something right there because it, it does feel so lonely in entrepreneurship sometimes. And like just having mm-hmm. like talking out an issue, you realize like how much you can really like... <laughs> uncover so quick, like, oh my God, why didn't I just say, talk, like, call Khalil sooner? Like I always yeah. have, have those moments. Well, well,
1: vice versa. Why didn't I call Tiff sooner? Like I can't tell you how many times I've been there yeah, and you're just like, 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 don't beat yourself up. It's right there. You're fine. And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad I could be helpful. I, you do the same for me. But yeah. I think especially like, that's why I love that we both have platforms to be able to talk about those steps that it takes, because I think that when you are building something, it looks very, it can look sexy. It can look cool. It could look fun. It could look like you're your own boss, but there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into anything that you're, you know, going full force with. And so I think about those gems that can be passed off to people who, who definitely want to start to do the same thing. And I thought about, you know, one big thing that was so impressive to me is the fact that even when you were um, leaving Nike and working with a SaaS company startup, that you were able to help them scale and sell the business. Like just as one of the, you know, one of the things that you've done in your entrepreneurship, which is like a big thing that a lot of people kind of aspire to do, but there's ways that you did that. And and I'd love to kind of have you talk a little bit more about any lessons that you've learned from that.
1: Yeah totally I think a big thing that I like to start off with is giving people like my age like I'm 29 so I feel like I'm very much at the beginning of my career still so full stop there if you feel 22 you, you're 22 you got a lot of time I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur I wanted to kind of play that game I'm from Silicon Valley so I was surrounded by people all the time who had the best idea who were just running in those big circles. And outside of business, there was just something about, I think, the main character energy that I saw, like 100% that I was like, I aligned with that. I didn't quite know how to articulate that. So I thought, I have to come up with the next best idea. I have to be the person, the it girl, if you will, right? Yes. I have to be that person. And what I quickly learned was, I actually love being the like person behind the it person. And that was something that was never... Marketed, that's something that's rarely not glamorized,
0: talked about, right?
1: Not glamorized, and I love it because you get all the benefits without all the pressure of being yeah. in the center. Now, People fast forward, I am that person, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and like, fast forward, I am that person now, and I love it. But when I joined that startup, I was a wide eyed 24 year old who was just leaving Nike, I think that year I was making 32,000 a year, but at Nike, I was holding up their CX program. I was rebuilding their data warehouse. Like I was doing a lot for Nike. Like Nike, I got some invoices for you because you owe me some back pay. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, screaming. And what I recognized was I had tremendous value for this startup at the time called Topbox, who I tell the story of, I was in an interview for a position that paid 100K plus, And I was really excited. Like I was trying to make that leap. Like I was in the parking lot. 24, Riding yeah. posted like writing post-it notes, like you're worth it. You're proven. You can do this. You you know, I go into this interview and I come out and they're like, Hey, like really appreciate you. You put on a great interview, but look, you're just too green for for us. Like we just don't think that this is the right time. And I was crushed by that. And I walked outside and I just had that moment where I just felt so down. And I saw another guy and I don't know why I gravitated toward Chris Tranquil. He's this like 50 year old. this like middle-aged white guy who also just looks sad. Like I could, I can feel people's emotions and I could just tell he looked down and I walked over and I was like, Hey, like, like, Hey, like, and I kind of knew who he was cause I knew they were interviewing vendors. And I was like, Hey, like I just, I could just sense something like, like what's going on. And he opened up to me, which if you know, Chris Trankel, like that is not Chris Trangle. He does not open up to people. He's very CEO, like buttoned up. And he was like, yeah, we just, we just lost the bit of Nike. Like we wanted to be their conversation analytics partner and we lost. And I was like, look, I actually worked with the data, worked with your software and created a reporting methodology that we've been using. We haven't been telling you it because it's proprietary, but like, I would love to come take that value over to your company and help scale it. And I don't know where those words came from, Tiff. Right, I'm like, I was okay, like,
0: 24.
1: Right, like I was channeling somebody. I don't know who it was. And he was up main he,
0: character, energy man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he was like, he was like, okay. And I remember he gave me his email and Chris Stark at the time was my best friend now actually doing a similar play with Chris Tranquil at the time. So Chris actually helped bridge the gap over. They ended up paying me a hundred thousand dollars, which was like, whoa, from 32 to 100. I was like, it's on. Nuts. And they were like, we'll give you equity in a year. If you can do this. What's equity? I had to go home and Google equity. It was like, what is like, I knew what it was, but I was like, what does this mean? They're like, you have a vesting schedule. You have all these things which I think is for another episode. Yeah, we're going to
0: have to break that
1: down further. Yeah, no, 100%. Like you get into like what it means to have equity. There's what's a standard like vestment clip. So that means that like they'll give you equity that's vested over a certain time because they don't want you just getting equity and leaving, right? Like they want you to be incentivized to stay there. So it's like an incentivized piece to stay at the company. So I was able to port over this methodology and in that interim time of building that reporting methodology, it actually helped scale their enterprise offering. So they ended up going from 3 million to 12 million in a year, which well, during geez. the pandemic, this and this was during the pandemic. So during this period of time, right, me on the couch was actually had a really successful job, but I was, woe is me on the couch because I wanted my own business. So perspective is a huge thing and something that I learned later on, but that was such a non-traditional path into ownership yeah. Into business that no one glamorized. No one taught me about. And it's something that I now teach all my mentees. It's like, go find a leader and offer value to that leader. And if you don't know what to offer, go and just sit there and ask them what they need done.
0: Ask like, them what, what they need. Find out where yeah. the problem is. And yeah. it was all circumstantial. Like you said, I mean, you literally could have gone and boohooed your yeah. way home. Yeah, but you're like, let's boohoo together and make some money.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, literally. And that was, I, I still cackle at that at that example, but it was just that moment of intuition, which is something that I've gotten and heard throughout my career. Like listen to your intuition, listen to your gut. It gets loud enough for a reason. Listen to it. And I'll say it again. Your intuition and gut gets loud for a reason. Listen to it in your own time, but listen to it.
0: I think that's why you were able to articulate what you needed to in the moment, because I mean, you are a natural born hustler. I feel like, you know, when the moment to strike, when the iron's hot, And it was one of those situations where you knew that you had something to give. And I think that's kind of hard when you're in a lot of corporate roles. Like, I think I realized that so late that I was wanting to kind of own my own business and and I wanted to run things like my way, but not understanding that like it didn't work that way. And so like, you know, being so young and being so green, people are like, no, it's, it's a little early for you. But you're like, I have something to give. So yeah. having that opportunity literally changed the entire course of what you've done. But it was really for me that I what, what, there's so many impressive things about that. But I think it's the fact that you were able to come into something that already existed instead yeah. of like building it from scratch. Like you could learn from people who are already working on something.
1: And the amazing part about this, and I'm the being the busybody I am, I used to beat myself up about it because you always hear like, you chase three rabbits and get nothing. Like that's such a quote where it's like, you got to focus on one thing. And I've never been someone to focus on one thing. So at that time, it was Top Box and Nike, but there was this powerful woman named Tori Dunlap who was starting her first 100K at the same time. And this really awesome dude named Thomas True who was starting one and one at the same time. So in those moments, what was happening in the background was I didn't know my full value. I was still learning. And so I was going to these people and being like, how can I help you? Like Tori was like updating her website. Thomas, it was like creating logos and like conceptualizing clothing because I was in manufacturing. And all of that culminated into that moment with Chris to be able to articulate the value to him. And once I was able to kind of do that, I I committed to Topbox for a while, but fast forward to today, I'm reaping all the fruits of those earlier things with Tori and with Tidrew. And so it's like, trust the process. And I love Joel Embiid and I like how he made that his whole brand because it's so cliche, but it's so good. Like if you can take aligned action and release the expectation of the outcome and trust the process, you're going to get not only where you need to go, but so much further than you ever thought.
0: Oh, what a word. I love to hear it. That's something that I think... No matter where you're at in your journey with whatever you might be doing, I think that there's definitely ways to apply what you've yeah. just said. What can people do if they if they want to commit more to, you know, learning about aligned action and having accountability and learning kind of how to use those affirmations to propel them forward? How can they do that? What's the follow up after this? Um, how can they find more resources?
1: Yeah, I would say first and foremost for all my iOS users, all my uh, iPhone hotties out there, uh, go to the app store, uh, download one in one app. It's a free app. Uh, it's like the chat GPT for habit forming. Like it's there in your pocket to help listen to the unstuck podcast. We talk about all of the things we just spoke about in length, in detail. And I also have a free unstuck quiz to kind of orient you in terms of like, where my resources can help. If you're someone that's trying to get into your finances, I'll also link a, a free budgeting guide as well, which will be free for the next week. Um, so definitely check those out, but also listen to more main character energy because like always. this is just as valuable and TIFF always provides the space to get into what's necessary and what's needed to make you all successful.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Khalil. I think you know there's so many big things happening. I know we're both trying to get more into our speaker bag, we're, yes. you know, interviewing great people on our podcasts We're, you know, making these deals go down, but at the end of the day, like you said, it takes a lot of behind the scenes work yeah. and working on kind of stepping forward and really giving that main character energy. So it's always a process. We'll have to check back and see how things are going, but thank you again for joining us. Can't yeah. wait to see what else you do.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Main Character Energy. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow on social at Tiff or Die and Main Character Energy Pod to access exclusive content and get a behind-the-scenes look as well as resources to help you become that bitch. See you next week.